Welcome to worship. I'm Pastor Jason from Schweitzer Church. We are so glad that you've tuned in today to worship with us on this Veterans Day weekend. If this is your first time, we'd invite you to sign in. Let us know that you're here. We've got a special gift card that we'd love to send to you. Today we're kicking off week number three of our Give Thanks series where we're taking a look at Psalm 107. And today we're going to hear about how God brings healing in the midst of giving thanks. You'll want to make sure that you go to schweitzer.church next to find out some sermon discussion questions, to find out how you can connect, grow deeper in your faith. One of the things we're going to be doing today is we're going to be recognizing those who've served our armed forces. If, you've, if that's you, we want to just give you a special shout out and say thank you right now. We're going to be praying for all those who are in our midst, in our community, who've served. Next up is Jen, and she's going to be sharing with us ways that we can connect at Schweitzer, things that are upcoming and happening. Let's attend to Jen. Hi, welcome to Schweitzer. I'm Jen Brown, so glad you're here today. We are really getting in the holiday spirit here. We are starting decorations. You might see some lights on the outside of the building and soon we'll be decorating all of the inside. You'll hear more about that from Taylor later in service. But today I'm so excited to let you know that we are kicking off our Pittman Elementary Toy Store Drive. This is a great way for us to care for our community by hosting a free toy store for all of the families and parents that are part of that community. And you can be involved by today grabbing a snowflake off the window in the Fellowship Center. Each snowflake has a gift item on it that you can take that list and go to the store, buy it, bring it back, and bring back any toy donations you have by December 11th. And we'll be helping prepare for our great toy store. That toy store will be a blast for you as well. If you want to volunteer, we're needing people to help out all night long with that event. And you can learn more about this and how you can be involved with our Pittman Elementary Toy Store at Schweitzer.Church slash Toy Store. Also this week, we are offering some two-hour seminars for people who are navigating grief and or divorce this holiday season. These sessions are called Surviving the Holidays, and both of them provide great tips and encouragement for walking through a season that might be a little bit different. On Tuesday night at 6 p.m., we'll be offering our session focused on divorce and separation. Then on Thursday and on Sunday, we'll have our Grief Share program that's all about grief and grieving through the season. You can learn more about both of these programs and sign up at Schweitzer.Church next or talk with someone at the Blue Booth today about either one. And last but not least, ladies, we are excited about our Schweitzer Christmas Victorian tea that's coming up on December 3rd. If you haven't got your tickets, you better go ahead and get them now. We are selling out fast. We only have about 50 tickets left for this great event that's going to be supporting the Springfield Harmony House as well. And we also are looking for a few more people to be table decorators. So if you are excited about this, this sounds like something fun you want to invite a friend to, make sure you stop by and talk to the ladies in the lobby today to get your tickets or learn more at Schweitzer.Church. Thanks again for joining us today. Let's continue with worship. You look ridiculous. (laughs) Thanks, Jen, for those great announcements. If you're worshiping live with us, we encourage you to take a moment, say hello to the people who are worshiping alongside of you in the chat room. If you'd like prayer, there's somebody in the prayer room that would be happy to pray with you. And now as we get ready to continue in worship, let us hear these words from Psalm 107. Give thanks to the Lord, for He is good. His loving kindness endures forever. Let's worship the Lord together.
Friends, today, as we turn to the psalm, we're going to be hearing about how God heals His people. And we know that, that there's many ways that the Lord touches us and He pours and He shares His power out with us in the act of healing. And those places that He touches us include our, our physical bodies, our, our spiritual selves, it includes our emotions, and, and the Lord touches our relationships. And all of us uh, have had an opportunity, and maybe right now have an opportunity where we've experienced the Lord's touch and the Lord's power in a certain way, or maybe we need it. And so in the next few moments, as we pray together, I want to, think, I want to invite you to think and pray through the sense of physical, emotional, relational, and spiritual. How has the Lord touched you? Or how do you need the Lord to touch you? And let's pray to the Lord and give Him these things. Let's, let's talk to the Lord together. also want to pray for those who have um, served our country and they are the veterans who walk among us and we especially want to 
Pray for those who've served in foreign places and have put their lives uh, on the line. We want to pray that the Lord would surround them. So I invite you in the next moment to pray with me for those who are around us who are our veterans. Let's give thanks and pray for the Lord's surrounding them with his healing power. And now, with the great confidence of the children of God, let us together lift up the prayer that Jesus taught us that continues to teach us. When together with one voice we say, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Friends, one of the fantastic ministries we have here at Switzer, we get to enjoy, you're enjoying it right now, is our media team ministry. The folks who are behind the scenes, the folks who have a bunch of creative thoughts and who help accentuate our, our sense and our understanding of worship. Today, we've got a word from Taylor Likes. Let's take a listen. Hello, I'm Taylor, the technical director here at Schweitzer. Your support of our creative ministries makes possible everything you see from our website to our magazine, graphics, videos, lighting, audio, and of course, our innovative online worship experience. Last week, we had the opportunity to take some of our staff and volunteers to Nashville, Tennessee, for the SALT Creative Worship Arts Conference. We had a great time learning about a variety of topics, hearing from incredible speakers, worshiping and having fun together as a team. We returned with heads full of inspiration and exciting new ideas. Speaking of new ideas, we've got a couple of great opportunities coming up for you to get involved. We need lots of help setting up trees, hanging lights, greenery, and much more. We'll order pizza for everyone who comes, and if enough people come, it'll only take us a couple of hours. There's no need to sign up. Just meet us in the Fellowship Center right after the Modern Worship Service next week. Lastly, this year's Christmas Eve services are going to feature some live theater, and we are in search of some talented actors and actresses to join our cast. If you consider yourself a thespian and you're interested in participating, send me an email as soon as possible. Thank you once again for your support of the Creative Ministries here at Schweitzer Church. Thank you, Taylor, for that good word. And a big thanks, a big shout out to the folks who are behind the scenes who help propel our sense of worship and, and bring creative ideas that really help us in our understanding of who God is and how we can be a blessing in the world. And if you want to give to that ministry, you can go to Schweitzer.church/give. You can use the church app. We are grateful for the generosity of God's people who help ministries like the media team um, lead us and guide us and bring us a broader understanding of who God is. Thank you very much. Now, next up is Pastor Spencer with week three of Give Thanks. Let's dive in. This fall, I am thankful for my mother. 
She gave me everything I ever wanted. Every day she gives me joy. I'm thankful for my family because they're always good role models for me and they always put good food on the table. My name is Sean Blowers and that's why I give thanks. My name is Eli and this is why I give thanks. Well, friends, welcome today. My name is Spencer. So glad that you're joining us. Uh, today is part three of a four-week series called Give Thanks as we're exploring how do we develop a life of thankfulness. And we've learned a few things so far. One of the things we've learned is that thankfulness is not something that just happens. You don't stumble into being a grateful person. You don't just accidentally happen. Instead, you have to cultivate this and develop this. Uh, gratitude and thankfulness is, is not a, a passive thing that we experience because of what's going on around us, but rather this is a way of life that we can choose regardless of the circumstances, as we implement uh, real practical things in our life that make us thankful, which is what we're exploring as some practical ways to grow in thankfulness. Another thing we've learned is that as Christians, we don't have to look very far for reasons to give thanks. I mean, we have a word for this in church. We use it all the time. It's a huge word for church, and it's the word grace, which just means gift, that God's grace, His gift given to us is, is reason enough to, to give thanks. Or as we've said throughout the series, as giver, as receivers of grace, we are therefore givers of thanks. This is how it works. It's just that simple. So in this series, we've been reading from Psalm 107. This is a lengthy prayer of thanksgiving, and it's divided into four sections that tell of, of how God is at work in our life, the, the grace of God as we experience it. And each week what we're reading is a different expression of God's grace, which drives us and leads us to to giving thanks. And so today is the third of these sections, the shortest of these sections. So we're going to pick up right where we left off last week. This is Psalm 107, we start in verse 17. Here's how it goes. So some became fools through their rebellious ways and suffered affliction because of their iniquities. They loathed all food and drew near the gates of death. Then they cried to the Lord in their trouble and he saved them from their distress he sent out his word and healed them. He rescued them from the grave. Let them give thanks to the Lord for his unfailing love and his wonderful deeds for mankind. Let them sacrifice thank offerings and tell of his works with songs of joy. And so we're going to pick that up right there next week as we read the fourth section. But today we see this profound and simple truth that the, one of the reasons we give thanks is very simply because God heals us. Verse 20 said it like this, he sent out his word and he healed them. Now, of course, in the Bible, healing is all over the place. I mean, it seems like it's on every page where you read about God's healing in miraculous kinds of ways. And, and in the Bible, there's a specific connection between healing and salvation. These two things are usually connected to go one, and, uh, one, one with the other. And in the, in the New Testament, you see this really clearly. There is this Greek word that's been translated into our English Bibles um, that is so pivotal to showing this connection between salvation and healing. It's the Greek word sozo. Let me give you some examples of how this word is translated into our English Bibles. Um, here's Ephesians chapter 2, verse 8. Really, really famous verse. Here's how it says. For it is by grace you have been saved. That's the word sozo. Through faith, and this is not from yourselves, it is the gift of God. It's a, a clear uh, description here that we're saved by grace through, uh, through faith. With this, this is sozo. Here's Matthew chapter 1, another great example, uh, Christmas uh, verse. It says, She will give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus, because he will save 
sozo, his people, from their sins. So as you can see, sozo is this Greek word that we usually or often translate as, as save, but that's not how it's always translated, and that's what makes this word so fascinating. So let me give you some other examples of how this word is translated in our English Bibles. Uh, Matthew chapter 9, Jesus is in a city and he's on his way to um, go raise a girl from the dead. I mean, like normal Tuesday for Jesus, I guess. And as he's going, the crowds are around him and they're pressing around him. And there's this woman in the crowd who the Bible says has been bleeding for 12 years. And so she thinks to herself, if I could just, just touch the hem of Jesus' cloak, then I would be healed, I'd be made well. And so she reaches out, she pushes through the crowd and she grabs the cloak and she's, and she's healed. The Bible says the power comes out from Jesus. And, and when he finds her, listen to what he says to her. This is Matthew chapter nine. Take heart, daughter, he said. Your faith has healed, sozo, you. And the woman was healed, sozo, at that moment. Well, here's another example, Luke chapter 18. Jesus is going to Jericho and there's this man on the side of the road who's blind and the crowds are coming, they're following Jesus and he can hear the commotion of what's happening. So he asks someone else, what's, what's going on here? And they tell him that Jesus of Nazareth is about to pass by. And so the man starts to cry out, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. And Jesus, he hears the cry, even though everyone around them is telling him to be quiet. He hears what the man's crying out. So he goes to him and he asks him, what can I do for you? And the man asks for his faith to be, uh, his, his sight to be restored. And, and Jesus says to the man, here's what he says, Luke chapter 18, receive your sight, your faith has healed, sozo you. It is so interesting to me that this Greek word sozo is sometimes translated as the word save, as in Jesus is the savior of the world for it is by grace through faith that you've been saved. And then other times is translated as healed, as in your faith has healed you. And this says something about how, what God does in our lives, doesn't it? Because sometimes as, as maybe we, as we think about salvation, we think in terms of, you know, what it means to be saved. I get to go to heaven when I die. And certainly we have eternal hope as Christians. Of course we do. But as we think about this word sozo and how it's often also connected to healing, we start to realize that, you know what, God is, is not just interested in my soul. He's really interested in every part of me. He's interested in my, my life and every part of my life, not just my soul, but also my mind and my body and my emotions and my relationships. And what God wants to do is he wants to bring wholeness to every aspect of who I am. He wants to save every aspect of who I am. And, and that's this action that we call healing. Now at our church at Schweitzer, we believe in healing. We believe that our God is a healing God. We have a ministry that's designed just to pray for people who need healing. And sometimes when we use that word healing, uh, some of us have maybe a narrow view of what healing means because we hear the word healing and we think to ourselves, physical healing, our bodies being healed. And certainly we believe this, that God brings healing sometimes miraculously to our bodies. And we pray for this and we believe that this is what God wants to do. And there's a certain mystery to that when God answers those prayers. But as we think about healing, we don't need to have just a, a narrow view, kind of like salvation. We don't just think about salvation as our soul, but it's our whole life. And in the same way, we need to have an expansive view when it comes to healing. Because God doesn't just want to bring wholeness to our bodies and our souls, but also to our emotions and our minds. He wants to, to bring 
uh, healing and, and wholeness to our relationships. And so we pray for marriages to be healed that are strained or, or family members who don't talk to each other for those relationships to be healed. Or sometimes we pray for healing for, for past wounds that have taken place that still plague us with bitterness and resentment. We want those, those wounds to be healed. Or sometimes we want to pray for healing for, for uh, the struggles that we all have in life, that some of the things maybe that some of us keep secret with addictions to substances or maybe gambling or pornography or, or eating disorders or these things that we keep hidden in our own struggles. We want to pray for God's healing to take place. I mean, this is the, the action of Sozo, is that God takes all the broken places of our lives and he makes us whole. This is Sozo. God cares about every aspect of who we are. Now, this doesn't mean that we don't also seek, you know, medicine and counseling and therapy. It's just that alongside of those things, we also ask boldly for God's healing, for sozo to fill our lives. And when that happens, we're drawn to give thanks. Or at least that's how it's supposed to work, that as recipients of God's grace, we're going to be givers of thanks. But the tragic thing is that sometimes we can receive God's grace and not give thanks. So let me tell you another story of Sozo. This comes from Luke chapter 17, and it's a tragic story where that exact thing happens. Here's how it goes, verse 11. Now on his way to Jerusalem, Jesus traveled along the border between Samaria and Galilee. And as he's going into a village, 10 men who had leprosy met him. They stood at a distance and called out in a loud voice, Jesus, Master, have pity on us. Now these 10 men stand at a distance because that's what the Jewish law requires. These 10 men are, have, have this infectious disease. They've been cast out of their communities, their towns, their villages, their families, their friends. They've been cast to go live in this uh, leper colony where they have this terminal disease that they will struggle with by themselves for their whole life. And, and so now they stand at a distance and the Jewish law requires them to keep separate from people. In fact, whenever they go around people, they're required to shout out unclean, unclean, wherever they go. They're just known by their disease and they're avoided and people don't want anything to do with them, including their own families. And so these, these men are by themselves cast aside and they cry out, Jesus, uh, master, have pity on us. And of course, Jesus hears their cry as he, as he tends to do. And listen to what Jesus does for them. The next verse, verse 14, says, when he saw them, he said, go show yourself to the priest. And as they went, they were cleansed. Now they show themselves to the priest because the priests are the ones who are authorized to declare them clean, to come back home. And the priest does this, he gives an examination of their skin, and when he sees that they're cleansed, he invites them to come home, like everything is restored to them. They're, they're given back their lives, they're given back their, their, their families and their friends and their community and their homes and their livelihood. Everything that they've had to leave behind is restored to them. And this is like a healing of healings. In fact, the rabbis would say that when someone was healed of leprosy, that it was like they were being raised from the dead because this healing is just so um, restorative and so great that takes place. It's a healing of healings. What I love about this healing as well is that Jesus doesn't do it immediately. He tells them to go and show yourself to the priest and it's while they're on their way that they're healed. Like they had to have faith to start the journey and that tells us something about taking Jesus at his word, but there's something also tragic that takes place in this healing. So to keep reading, listen to what happens next. It says, one of them, one, one of them, when he saw he was healed, came back, praising God in a loud voice. 
he threw himself at Jesus' feet and thanked him. And he was a Samaritan. Well, Jesus asked, were not all ten cleansed? Where are the other nine? Has no one returned to give praise to God except for this foreigner? And then he said to him, rise and go. Your faith has made you well. Sozo. So we have here this, this healing, this sozo, this moment of, of, of salvation. Um, some, some people, uh, English translations put that last verse as your faith has, has saved you. And so you have these, these, these 10 lepers that have been restored and this healing of healing. And yet this tragic end here is only one returns to give thanks. And you, you know, you have to wonder where are these other nine? And some people have supposed maybe in their joy of being healed, they, um, they just immediately go home and they, they go to be with their family, to hug their kids, to kiss their wives. Maybe, that, maybe that's what's happened. But what's so tragic is that they miss out on this blessing of salvation when Jesus says to only the one, your faith has made you sozo, has made you well, has healed you, has saved you. The other, the other nine miss out on this. And what we see here in this, in this story of the 10 lepers is that it's very possible to receive the grace of God in your life, the work of God, the sozo of God, the salvation, the healing of God, and yet not give thanks. In fact, this story would teach us that that happens about, I don't know, 90% of the time. Bible scholar uh, Alan Culpepper writes this, and I think it's so wise, kind of a long quote, but I want to share this with you because it's so wise and challenging. But he writes, gratitude may be the purest measure of one's character and spiritual condition. That's so important, I'm gonna read that again. Gratitude may be the purest measure of one's character and spiritual condition. And the absence of the ability to be grateful reveals self-centeredness or the attitude that I deserve more than I ever get, so I do not need to be grateful. He goes on. If gratitude reveals humility of spirit and a sensitivity to the grace of God in one's life, then is there any better measure of faith than wonder and thankfulness before what one perceives as unmerited expressions of love and kindness from God and from others? For those who become aware of God's grace, all of life, I love this, all of life is infused with a sense of gratitude. And each encounter becomes an opportunity to see and to respond in the spirit of the grateful leper. So what a tragic ending that these nine lepers go about their lives failing to give thanks. Now, another thing that this uh, story of the 10 lepers teaches us is that gratitude has practical application. Let me say that differently. Giving thanks is something that I do, not just something I think or something that I feel. What we see here with this, with this nine lepers is that I, know, I don't know what they were feeling. Maybe they were feeling grateful, but it's only one who actually shows up and follows through and does the actions of giving thanks. And there's tremendous wisdom in that. In fact, research has shown that, that the act of gratitude, the act of giving thanks in practical, tangible ways um, can change someone's life. And so therapists are, are a lot of times, well, now when they deal with people with high anxiety and they work with them, some of the things that they'll do are, are practices of gratitude, like gratitude journals, where every day they write down a couple things that they're thankful for, or daily thank, uh, thank you notes to people who have 
shared um, reasons to give thanks for them or, or even personal thank yous to want to people every single day to be able to use their words in ways that, that give gratitude because there's something about actually taking the, the effort to give thanks that really changes our lives. And, and so research has shown though that when we take those actions and live into it, there is verifiable empirical proof that the practice of gratitude actually changes our lives. It improves marriages, improves relationships, improves well-being. It even improves our physical health. There's longitudinal studies that have shown that the practice of gratitude can add years to your life. And this makes sense, of course, because what we're doing is we're responding to the grace that is around us all of the time. But what we see is this really practical wisdom that gratitude is not just something I feel. It's not just something I think. It's not just a good idea, it's how I actually live. It's what I actually do. And this brings me back to Psalm 107. Because as Psalm 107 was talking about the, the grace of God that is revealed to us and the healing that he gives to us. There was a practical point that this Psalm brought up, a practical application that it offered uh, in response to the healing of God in the section that we read today. I don't know if you caught it or not. It was the last verse we read, but here's what it said. Verse 22. Let them sacrifice thank offerings and tell of his works with songs of joy. So God's healing, his grace, his salvation, it leads to thankfulness in a very specific, actionable practical way with the thank offering. So let's talk about that. What is a thank offering? Well, in the Old Testament, the people of Israel would usually worship the Lord through the sacrificial system. You might think to yourself, um, maybe off the top of your head, the sacrificial lamb for the atonement of sin is an annual sacrifice. That's probably something we're more familiar with within the sacrificial system. But there were other sacrifices that were also part of the Old Testament law. Some of the sacrifices were what we call free will offerings. And these free will offerings were, were offerings that weren't uh, regulated on an annual basis like the, um, like the sacrificial lamb for, for sin and atonement, but were rather some things that came out of our lives. And, and one of the free will offerings was the thank offering. A thank offering was what someone would offer when they wanted to give thanks for specific things that happened in life. And and we know that in the Old Testament, the people of Israel were in an agricultural society. And so the sacrifices that they would bring would be, you know, their crops or, or, their, or their animals from their, from their flocks. And they would bring these to, to make sacrifices. In fact, the sacrifice for the thank offering was specifically a loaf of bread that was offered to the priest and shared with the poor. And that's the thank offering. And as you think about the thank offering in response to this word of healing, again, there is tremendous wisdom that I want to make sure that we don't miss here. Tremendous wisdom because it's so, so important. Because the thank offering required someone to actually do something. It wasn't, again, just wasn't something I thought, wasn't something I just, you know, felt. It's actually requiring me to do something. It's requiring me to, to make the loaf of bread or if I can't make it, to buy it. It's requiring me to go to the temple to actually give thanks. And on top of that, it's a sacrifice that I'm offering and as we see with that, there's a, there's a clear line that we see from the act of, of gratitude. There's this clear line to the act of generosity. I mean, it's just a, a direct connection, correlation that we see with this, with this, that it's from the earnings of my hands, from the sacrifices that I bring, there's this act of generosity 
to say thank you. And of course that, that line makes total sense because the, the connection between gratitude and generosity, I mean, it's, it's from the overflow of the goodness of God in my life that then I seek to, to respond with generosity with that. So it's from the overflow of my life that generosity comes, from the overflow of gratitude in my life that generosity comes. That's really what generosity is, is this welling up from the overflow of my life that then comes out to bless others and to, and to share in God's work. It's, it's how generosity that's how generosity works from the overflow. And this is why this is a free will offering, not a required offering, because it's from the overflow of my life that I offer this sacrifice, this act of generosity to the Lord in order to say thank you. Now, in our church, when we often talk about generosity, we, we talk a lot about tithing. That's just something that we teach. It's not something we're embarrassed about or you know, make any concessions about. Like We just believe that, that what the Lord calls us to is, is the biblical tithe of 10%. Of our, of our income. And there's all kinds of reasons for why we should tithe. I'm not going to get into that right now. But one reason you may not think about very often is that we should tithe because we are grateful. We're grateful. We're grateful for the work that God does in our life. We're grateful for how he brings restoration to us. We're grateful for how God shares his goodness and his love to us every single day. We're grateful that every morning when we wake up, his mercies are new. We're grateful that we have this God who loves us so much. We're grateful that he's involved in our life and he's blessing us with goodness. We're grateful that he brings healing and wholeness and sozo to us in every aspect of who we are. And most of all, we're grateful because God gave us his best. He gave us his own son as a gift that when we trust in him, we have life everlasting. We're grateful. And out of this grateful gratitude, this giving thanks in our hearts, it wells up and it overflows into our life. And so how can we not then practice this, this act of generosity and response to the goodness of God, it's, it's actionable, it's practical, it makes sense. It's something that we do as we, as we live into generosity. But as we learned from the nine lepers, it's possible to receive God's goodness, his grace, to experience his love and his kindness and his mercy, to not give thanks. That instead of responding to this, we just go about our lives, go about our business, taking it for granted what it is that the Lord has done in our life. And I'm going to tell you what, I don't know about you, but I don't want to live my life like that. I want to be the kind of person who's overflowing with gratitude. I want to be the kind of person where this gratitude shows up in real practical ways. And one of those ways is going to be in generosity. And if you're somebody who struggles with generosity, what I mean by that is if you struggle with tithing, you struggle with giving to God's work, you struggle with this kind of thing. And, and by the way, statistics would tell us about 90% of people struggle with that kind of thing. Then what I, what I would offer you is that maybe one reason you struggle, not trying to oversimplify, there's other reasons you might struggle with this as well, but one reason you might struggle is because maybe, just maybe, you have a gratitude deficit. You're not understanding or recognizing the gift that God has given to us, the ways that his goodness fills us, 
the ways that we see his blessings pursue us. And when we live into into his goodness, how can we not overflow with gratitude and generosity? May you be the kind of person who receives God's grace and doesn't just go along with your business, but instead takes the effort, takes the time to give thanks. And may we be the kinds of people who overflow with the gratitude to God and the generosity of our lives that seeks to bless God's work and to bless the world. Let's pray together. And so, Father, today, we don't want to let an opportunity pass where we don't say thank you. We thank you for how you are bringing healing into our lives. We recognize the ways that that you have restored us and brought wholeness to us and the ways that you are continuing to do this. And there are some of us today who maybe need to lift up some very specific areas where we need sozo, we need healing, we need wholeness. Maybe it's a a relationship, maybe it's our bodies, maybe it's a a brokenness within us, a struggle we have that that we haven't told others about. There's, there's, There's places in our lives where there's past hurt, but Lord, we wanna bring these to you and ask you to restore us. Maybe some of us even need to reach out to our prayer team to ask others to pray for us that that we might experience the healing of God in our lives. And what we do with that, Lord, is we give you thanks. We wanna be those who are like the one leper who comes back and says, thank you. We give you thanks. And out of our, our lives comes this overflow of gratitude and practical, actionable ways that we say, thank you. Lord, you are so good to us. You're so good to us. We thank you for your grace and mercy today. In the name of Jesus, our Savior, we pray. Amen. Friends, thank you so much for tuning in today. Hope you're blessed as as we all are each and every week as as we open up the word, as we worship together, as we together hear and listen to what God is speaking both to us individually, personally, and to us as a community of faith. God loves this world and he loves you. And we are so glad that we can worship together. Big shout out today to our media team. We've we've emphasized it a few different times, but we are so grateful for the work that they do that we can worship together like this. So thank you very much. Thanks to Jen and to the worship team who helped us in our worship time together. Thanks to Spencer for that word out of the scriptures. If you were encouraged today, if you were challenged, uplifted, if you had some some steps put out before you of how you should walk in discipleship with Jesus. You know what? I am sure that you have a friend. You've got somebody in your life who needs this. We encourage you to take a moment and share it. Whether you share it on social media, you share it other ways, we encourage you to share it. We look forward to seeing you next week, worshiping with you as as we come to the conclusion, the finale of Give Thanks. It's going to be fantastic. So we look forward to seeing you next week. Same time. Same bat station. We'll see you then. Same what station? Same time. Same bat station. That's a sign off from the 1960s Batman show. <laughs> okay, I'm wrong. <laughs>
song And Lord I confess That I'm far from innocent These shackles I wear I bought on my own The scarlet sins had a crimson cross You nailed my debt to that old rugged cross An empty slave God, that stone was rolled away. Lord, I confess I've been the prodigal made for your house, but walked my
Thank God that stone was wrong.